Sad it is for people who are outside these doors this morning and have no desire to go to be with people who can encourage them and give them the spur that they need to continue to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that the Sunday school teachers will forgive us this morning for taking their, their time with their classes. But we have a subject that we'd like to have two messages on this morning. I was invited to do this. And so I trust that we will be able to find God's help and His grace, and each one of us will be able to find uh, something for our never-dying souls. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18 for our text on the need of forgiveness. Sin is a word that is probably the saddest word in the Bible. But forgiveness is probably one of the most beautiful words. Sin is part of our experience. We know that it has brought us much pain and shame. It has brought us much uh, trouble. But we also know that because of the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have hope and we can continue to find purpose for living today. We can't go back and live yesterday, but we can live today. Matthew chapter 18, I'd like to start reading at verse 23, where Jesus gives what the kingdom of heaven is like. The world isn't like the church should be. The world is an unforgiving world. But the church is a place where there should be forgiveness, where there should be an understanding with each other that we're going to make mistakes. This passage begins by giving an account where Peter is saying, well, the verses before where Peter is saying that he is forgiven and wondering if he should keep forgiving. Now I'm going to start at verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he could not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother 
their trespasses. Can you and I live our lives without forgiveness? You know, when we felt our need as a sinner, felt our need of a Savior, we came to Jesus. There was no other way for us to find rest in our soul. The Spirit brought conviction into our heart and said, you're a sinner and there's nothing you can do about it except come to Jesus. And what a beautiful, beautiful invitation for us to be able to come to Jesus and lay our sins at his feet. And I hope you've done that this week, not just at your day of conversion, but I hope you've done it this week. I hope that you're continuing to experience the forgiveness of our Heavenly Father. The invitation of 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's not an ounce of that sin that's left this morning as you sit in this pew if you've confessed it this week. Amen? Do you believe that he's taken our sin as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more? Not the north or the south, but the east or the west. The east and the west is a continuous. North and south, we would go up there and we'd find our sins at the north if we could. Because there's a point we could find them. Or to the south, but no, it's from the east to the west. To be remembered no more, to be cast behind his back. And he says that your heart is going to be made as white as snow. And in Psalm, it says it's made whiter than snow. Now, we don't want to talk too much about snow this morning. Although this week I did see someone preparing for snow. And I saw someone about two weeks ago that was carrying ice skates out of a store. So I thought they were a little early. But at the center of every snowflake is a piece of dirt. A piece of dirt that molecules gathered around to make the snowflake. And he says, I'm going to make you whiter than snow. Not even that speck of dirt. Not a remnant of my sin is there. I don't know if that excites you this morning or not. But it should lift us a few inches. To praise and adoration to our Lord Jesus Christ. We needed forgiveness. And we got forgiveness. Not just when we accepted Jesus as our Savior, but we got forgiveness this week. We failed this week. We failed in ways that maybe we weren't conscious of, but there are ways that we probably were conscious of in our attitude, in our words, or in our actions. Somehow we failed and we needed forgiveness from our Heavenly Father. It's a reality of life, brothers and sisters. We need the word forgiveness. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful word. As I read Matthew 18, I can't help but thinking of two experiences in my life. And there are many experiences where I've needed to be forgiven and needed to extend forgiveness. I was studying in my office one Saturday evening for a message. And the boys came in and they said, Dad, there are some turkeys out in the field. And it's turkey season. Why don't we go out and try to get those turkeys yet? So three or four of us trot out through the field, and I didn't see the turkeys, but they had been in the field. And my son said, you know, it's almost at the end of the season, here at the end of the day. Maybe we better try to drive turkeys into the woods. Well, that's not really the way you hunt turkeys. But we decided that we're going to have three of us go into the woods and spread out, and he's going to go around the field and try to drive those turkeys into the field. Well, I was one of those that was in the woods. And as I was in the woods, 
I came to a ravine in the woods, and down there sat a turkey. And it's too far away to shoot, but you know, it's there. It's, what can I hurt to try? So I tried, and I tried, and it, it fell down. I got it. But I went down there, it was not a turkey. I hate to tell you what it was. I'm embarrassed to tell you what it was. It was a blue heron. <laughs> My mind was on turkeys. It was turkeys that were in the field. It had to be a turkey. But no, it was a blue heron. That blue heron was down there by the stream and it was looking up that bank at me and it was too far away. Well, it had to be a turkey. So we walked out of the woods and my son said, who shot? I said, I did. Did he get anything? Yep. Where is it? Well, lay's dead. I said, boys, we need a trip to the game warden's house. I knew right where he lived. So I needed forgiveness or something. I needed something. I didn't know. I knew I'd done wrong, but I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I called to the game warden's house, and he didn't answer. Saturday night, sermon's heavy on my mind, so I went back to study my sermon and said, I'll take care of it next week. Well, next week I was preparing for a week of revival meetings, and the next week I was gone, and I didn't get it done in those two weeks. And I'm visiting with some people in this community where I'm having revival meetings, and we're out in the community visiting, and a hunter walks in the door of that house we were visiting, and he was all dressed in camouflage, asking what he's, what he's uh, hunting. He said, well, I'm hunting turkeys. I said, can I ask you a question? What would it be, what would the fine be, if I shot a blue heron instead of a turkey? He said, it would be $10,000. <laughs> he said, it's not a state offense, it's a federal offense. And I knew I needed forgiveness. So when I got home, I, I said, boys, we got to go to the game warden's house. So we went to the game warden's house, and I walked in his back porch, and we knew each other just very briefly, said who I was, and said, I've come to make a confession to you. I said, I was hunting with my sons about two, three weeks ago now, and I shot a blue heron instead of a turkey. He looked at me, shock on his face, and a smile on his face soon appeared, and he said, you know what? I've never had a preacher in the corner before, but I got one now. <laughs> I said, I, I'm here to plead mercy. I needed forgiveness. I had no way to pay $10,000. This was serious business to me and our family. I needed forgiveness. And I still don't know to this day whether that's what the fine would have been. He didn't tell me, but this other hunter seemed to think it was $10,000 fine. I was like this man in this passage of Scripture that, that owed and couldn't pay. And this game warden looked at me and he said, you know, Dale, he said, we usually forgive such things like this if they come and report it in an expeditious manner. He had a twinkle in his eye because he knew it wasn't in an expeditious time. But he forgave me. I walked home a free man. But as I read this account, I also remember having a car that was declared junk. It went to inspection and it was too rusty to get an inspection sticker. 
And so I brought it home and said, well, what am I going to do with this car? And my neighbor man says, well, I have a friend that I think would buy the engine out of it. Well, okay, I'll sell the engine out of it. How much do you think you'll give me? Well, I think I'll give you $50 for the engine. Okay, I'll sell it. So this man was given permission to take the engine out of my car, and one day we were away, they took the engine out of the car, and they came home, we came home, and they were setting my car without an engine. And they were man said, yeah, they came and got it today, and it's all, all out of there. He said, did he give you the $50? He said, no. And to this day, 30-some years later, I still haven't seen the $50. Now, is that okay? Well, I don't miss those $50 anymore. There was a time I missed those $50. There was a time I was like the second man in this account here that needed to release the man who owed me $50. This happened a long time before the Blue Heron deal. And see, somebody graciously forgave me $10,000. Why couldn't I forgive $50? And I saw this man, he'd drive down the road with my engine in his car. And I'd think, hmm, I hope it stopped. No. <laughs> I think we're going to just pray God's blessing on him. And I had to keep saying, no, uh, it's okay. Until one night, we got to a church service, a community event. It was Easter time. We got to this service, and he was there and sat in the pews. And after the service, we went downstairs, and we had a, a snack together. And I looked him in the face. I didn't say anything about the motor. He didn't say anything to me about the motor. But from that day on, there was a change in my attitude about that man and about his $50. It was a process of time. But I needed forgiveness with the Blue Heron deal, and I needed to extend forgiveness to him. Now, the Bible is clear to say in Matthew, where it gives the Lord's Prayer, that if we do not forgive others, we are not going to be forgiven by God. Is that serious business? Yes, that's serious business. And we know that we need forgiveness from God on a daily basis. We needed it this week. We needed it from a man who went there unjustly, unfairly, who went there with shame and reproach, all for me. And he said that he's willing to forgive me. And so when I look at the cross of Jesus this morning, brothers and sisters, and I see what Jesus did for you and for me, that just spells forgiveness over and over. The cross of Jesus spells forgiveness. It's not that it was cheap. It was costly. It's not that it was easy. It's not that it was without shame, discomfort. It was a cross experience that he chose to go through so that you and I could sit here this morning and rejoice that our sins are taken away to be remembered no more. Not a sin that we committed this week or in our life is remembered by our Heavenly Father. That gives me freedom to live today. It gives me freedom to go on today. Without that forgiveness, I'm doomed, and so are you. We must choose to forgive others, our spouses, our parents, 
our friends, our brothers and sisters in the church. And God empowers us to forgive. Let's take a look at this account here in Matthew. Matthew 18 here where the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is likened unto this king that was taking account. I'm so thankful that I don't need to see a list of the sins. I'm so glad that I don't have a debt that I cannot pay. I'm so glad that the Lord was willing to come to me and say, if you give it to me, I'll take care of it. In verse 25, this man, as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. Can you imagine if we had to begin to pay for one of our sins? Can you imagine if we required of someone else to pay for one of their sins? A terrible thing. The servant fell down and worshipped the Lord and said, Lord, have patience with me and I'll pay thee all. Certainly he couldn't have paid, but he felt like he needed time. He needed to plead for time. And I think in brotherhood relationships, sometimes we do need to plead for time with each other. I think we need to tell each other when we have hurts. We feel like we have been, been wrong. Forgiveness is not saying, oh, it doesn't matter. Forgiveness is saying, you know, you have hurt me. But because of what Jesus has done for me, because of my call to love you, I choose to forget. See, forgiveness isn't just a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. It's an action that chooses to put aside. There are things in life that we need to choose to do, brothers and sisters. They don't come naturally. We choose to love. We choose to love our wife when she has wronged us. She chooses to love us when we have wronged her. We choose to love. We continue to, to do that on a daily basis. We choose to forgive. We do that on a daily basis. And I chose, I needed by the grace of God, by the help of God, by the reminder of the Holy Spirit of conviction that it's wrong to wish that man's car engine, the car engine would quit on him. I need to choose that God would instead bless this man, that God would somehow, somehow this man would be able to, to live free of that. And that I wasn't going to hold it against him. And somehow in that choosing to do that, that freed me up and allowed me to put energy elsewhere. Because I was spending time thinking about what he had done, how he had wronged me, and I was developing a real attitude. But I needed to continue to choose. There's some things in life that we need to choose to do. Now we had a brother in our church one time that... that created some problems in his family and so on, and he, he left home for a time. And uh, when he came back, there needed to be some real adjustment within this family. And in the church family as well. And when people didn't quite trust him anymore, he, he said, well, you're not forgiving me. Well, 
Was it they weren't forgiving him or was it that he needed to become trustworthy again? See, there's some difference. We choose to love and we choose to forgive, but he needed to earn the trust. We don't choose to trust. We choose to love, we choose to forgive and give opportunity for trust to be developed. If this person would again become trustworthy, we want to accept that he's, he's becoming trustworthy again. And that's a process of time that needed to take place. This man in this account was pleading that there be some time. And I think in the brotherhood, there, there needs to be an honesty about how you've hurt me and some time be given to continue to choose so that this feeling of forgiveness comes and the feeling of hurt goes away. Isn't it amazing how sensitive we can become? How sometimes we get to the place where we we think this person intentionally hurt us. We think this person was was really insensitive. And we become super sensitive to other people's comments and and we carry an unforgiving spirit about that. I think we need to guard against that. But when there's been a hurt, we need to choose to forgive and we need to tell them we need some time here. And we're choosing now to forgive, but it may not all be perfect healing for a time yet until that has taken place. Well, this man in the account, he was forgiven everything. It wasn't that he needed more time. God, this, this Lord said to him, you can have a, a clean slate. You are fully released. Can you imagine how I felt when I left the game warden's back porch? Free from what I thought was going to be a 10, could have been a $10,000 debt. Can you imagine the feeling this man had when he was given a paid in full slip? But there was an attitude problem. And this man has what all of us have a tendency to look out for self. And he looked out for himself and he said, you know what, there's another man that could really help me out if he paid his bill. And I'm going to go and try to get it from him. Just a measly little pence. A hundred pence. And I'm going to go get him. And I'm going to get that money. And I'm going to make him pay. I find it interesting in this account that in verse 31... It says that those that observed were very sorry about this. They were sorry about this man not being willing to forgive because I believe they knew what this was going to do to this person. Have you ever watched someone in the life of the church who did not forgive and you watched their spiritual life deteriorate? You watched them because they had failed to take the step of choosing to forgive and let it behind. And they became a person that was a weak and finally an ineffective Christian. In fact, moved to a place of apathy. In relationships, they moved distant. And these people here were sorry about this man not forgiving his uh, debtor and I believe they were sorry because they knew what would take place as this man was unforgiving. We need to help each other, brothers and sisters. We need to help each other realize the forgiveness that came from the cross. 
and recognize the forgiveness that we then have the power to extend to a person no matter what they have done. Why is it that we're so sensitive? Why is it that we become easily offended? Why is it that little things crop up and we, we really find that it's a challenge to, to keep peace with our brothers? Again, I'm ashamed of the illustration, but it was real. Our youth sing together, and our chorus director has a dairy farm. And so when they went on programs, when they went on programs, I volunteered to milk his cows. And it was no small undertaking. Sometimes it was five milkings. Sometimes it was, you know, 80, 85 cows. And uh, I some, usually had another helper for feeding, but I helped with his chores. And one year he came back and he didn't even thank me. How dare him? He didn't even thank me for doing that. I didn't want paid. I just wanted to thank you. Well, I can forgive him for that. So the next year I offered the same thing. And he came back and he didn't thank me for doing his chores. I'd commend him. I'd encourage him for the job he's doing with the young people. And, you know, he's, he's doing a great job with the chorus. But he couldn't even think to thank me. I didn't have time to milk his cows. But I did it, and he didn't even say thank you. Well, I chose to forgive that. But you know, this thing kept coming up. I'd see him, and this thing would come up. Finally, one morning, my, I met him at the pew over here, and I said, brother, said I, I have forgiven you from this, but I need to talk to you about this because it just keeps coming back up in my experience. He said, you remember I did chores for you when you took the chorus? Yeah. He said, I, I know you appreciated that, but I never even got to thank you for that. For some reason, that's just bugging the living daylights out of me. <laughs> it shouldn't be. I'm, a, I'm ashamed to tell him that, but it's just bugging me. I said, I, I know you appreciate it. I just have to tell you so I can get over it. He says, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Thank you so much for what you do. But we harbor those things because well, I don't know what, I can't explain all of our feelings. But we're humans and we have feelings and we, we, we just need to be honest with our feelings. We need to be communicative about our hurts. And we need to practice this thing of forgiving. Because if we don't, we become a person that's distant in the church, distant in relationships, and not able to be effective for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Forgiveness will put up a wall, or lack of forgiveness will put up a wall that will cause us great great harm. I believe this morning, brothers and sisters, that if there is one person for whom I'm not holding, with, I'm withholding forgiveness, that we should know that we are really hindering the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and that that is affecting body life in this congregation. If I'm withholding forgiveness, 
If I know of something that a person has done and I have not sought forgiveness for that, if I'm withholding that forgiveness, it is affecting the Holy Spirit's freedom in my life to use me for His work, and it is affecting the body life of this congregation. I don't take that lightly. God doesn't take that lightly. God takes that seriously that we keep current on this thing of choosing to forgive. I needed forgiveness this week from my Heavenly Father, and I need to be ready to extend that forgiveness to others as well.